Welcome to another Great Lakes Podcast. My name is Gabe with my co-host Ben. Hey yo. Jacob. Hello, hello. And our returning special guest, Alex. Hello. Uh, this week we'll be doing another Snyder episode of two in one year. It's a very special time for Zack Snyder. Uh, we're going to be doing his 2004 directing debut slash remake of Dawn of the Dead and Netflix's recent release, Army of the Dead. First, what's what's been going on? What's new? What's popping? Got a vaccine. Nice, nice. Hey. <laughs> Me too. As did I. Um, what have you guys been? Have you guys watched anything cool recently? Anything? I watched uh, The Irishman again. That was awesome. <laughs> I think that's like the only thing I really watch. I ended up watching uh I watched a few things actually. Let me pull up my letterbox because I have peanut brain and I cannot think of what I've watched recently. Um actually I only watched one new thing. I lied. <laughs> I watched uh Riders of Justice, the Mads Mickelson <gasps> movie. Ooh. That was really good. I really enjoyed that one. And I do recommend I think it's on the Google Play Store for like five bucks to rent, and it was great. Mads Mikkelsen's great. Everyone in that movie was great, and like its themes were all there. It was everything with grief and coping mechanisms was spot on, and the action in it was where there was some. It was brutal, but so good. And yeah, I, I want to see that one badly. It's really good. It's like crazy to see. Mads in that type of role because <laughs> he's just so it's not he's, he can know it's him but he's just so unrecognizable and it's like this guy's a badass I wouldn't want to cross his path like at all I think he's like really versatile <laughs> like as an actor he's, yeah. he's just great well that like seeing him in like another round and then seeing him in this and then I mean he was in Chaos Walking I didn't see that but yeah, I want to watch that <laughs> and then every every week it seems like or every... going to watch Chaos Walking except for me no, it looks terrible. <laughs> I'm going to make it one of my picks for season two. Oh, my God. All right. I guess since Ben mentioned season two. Should we, we should just mention? Say... Yeah. Oh, no? So okay. at the beginning. Yeah. Well, we won't say our pick, the pick yet, but we'll explain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, our one year podcast anniversary is coming up uh, in about three weeks from now. Uh, so we're going to change it up a little bit. We do love doing our new releases and i think we'll still keep like a single or double release when there's like big ones because i know um at the, in october we got like last night in soho and the french dispatch both coming out on the same day for example and a cry macho i think as well that yeah that and like jackass movies. yeah and jackass so like days like that and obviously i think we're not we're not sure yet but there might be like director episodes for edgar wright or wes anderson as well like that's a possibility um, but we'll still keep that. But then we got weeks that come up like this upcoming right before our one year where like the only good or at least interesting release to us is like the conjuring. Uh, so we do like doing our double movie episode. So we'll probably pair it up or we will pair it up. I mean, with uh, a throwback pick or a recommendation pick, whether it be a year ago it released or like. 30 years ago, whatever, and we're just going to go through a rotating cycle of 
each of us picking one each episode and we'll announce it at the end of the previous episode and so on and so forth something different and you know if you maybe we'll pick a movie that you have on your watch list and then you can make a judgment call based on a review so yeah i was gonna say too i have a couple things written for this one like just for this point as well i i want us hopefully to start like to aim for movies that are like that you can find online but yeah like not everything will probably be available on like a streaming service or something so you might have to buy a dvd or god forbid yeah hit hit the pirates you know um you can yeah you'll have to buy a dvd or a vhs or a blu-ray <laughs> or a digital 4k code. steelbook or a 4k steelbook you can hit up ben um he probably has it like there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of movies i had on on the watch list like that i wanted to talk about and i looked up like where to find them i couldn't find anything i found dvds and they're like six hundred dollars so it's like you know what if you have to torrent it that's really the distributor's fault and the studio's fault in my opinion <laughs> yeah half my list is not available on streaming or blu-ray <laughs> yeah and they're not gonna all be like critically acclaimed picks or like yeah that too i don't want them all to be like great movies i have some crappy ones on here that i just want to talk about i got (laughs) i got an arsenal full of shitty movies that i love so i'm definitely gonna dig into that soon enough but yeah just like we do the question of the week i think we'll um we'll like kind of do the same rotation for that uh yeah that was kind of podcast news but uh, movie news. Wait, no, no. Last, ben. last, last no, edition this season two is Alex will probably be joining us far more frequently. Or if you want to join just full time, I don't know if you. We asked you, but you didn't really give us a clear answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it will depend on my schedule, but I probably should be able to hop on a lot more frequently. Yeah, like all. We'll, we promote him to reoccurring status for season two. <laughs> yeah. You know him, and when he's here, it's not a stranger. So I will take away the guest, uh, guest host, reoccurring friend, <laughs> reoccurring pal, yeah, friend of the show. Um, but yeah, okay. So movie news, movie news. What you got? All right, I got a bunch of random shit. Some of it's super small. Some of it's pretty big. Let's start off with something small that bugs me. Uh, John Boyega said today. That he's down to return to Star Wars again, so long as Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams are involved. Oh, oh, what the fuck? Johnny Boy, what do you, I don't understand. This is the same man that just said, like, you know, when it comes to Kelly Marie Tran or John Boyega, like, they just said, fuck it, like, fuck, fuck them, give it all to Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. But then he comes back and says that he just wants to work with JJ and Kathleen Kennedy again. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just it bums me out. Yeah, not that I care either way if he ever comes back. That's nothing against him. Like I like John Boyega, but like I don't, I don't have any attachment to any of the the new Disney Star Wars characters enough to be like, oh, they'd be so sick if they came back. Like, yeah, they are kind of wasted in those movies. I really I, like. I, I'm not against it or for it. It's like it could, it'd be kind of cool if Ray popped up in something later, but like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you can just leave. We it. got some bump news. Bump news. 
What is it? S- Alex, you know it better than me. Which news? Boomk. Boomk. What are you trying to say? Boomk. What are you trying? What the what? fuck are you trying to say right now? Sony, Sony Pictures. Marvel. Oh, oh, oh! The Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. My favorite Fucking cinematic universe hell. since the Dark Universe. Yeah. S P U M C. Yeah, okay, it's that's the it it's the Sony verse. Uh, Craven the say Hunter. It three times fast, Alex. Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. That's what it is, boys. All right. <laughs> anyway, we just say Sony verse. I like Sony verse better. <laughs> um, so we got Aaron Taylor Johnson set up for Craven the Hunter movie, and they're teasing some Sinister Six plans for the future, and. They have said that there are plans for Spider-Man to eventually cross over into these movies. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. with how they're going to connect it, there have been spoilers out for like the new Spider-Man movie. I'm not going to say what they are, just because you know, in case people don't want to see it, but they are out there. Um, but yeah, I can see how they might be able to mix the two. But yeah. I don't know if Disney's going to allow it. Although they might not have a choice because Sony could always just pull the character back to their side forcibly. So was it just going to be like a uh, Sinister Six kind of deal? That's what they were building to? Or is it just kind of just any I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this universe. I'm like mildly excited for Venom 2, despite not liking Venom 1 at all. Hey, and hey, I, hey. I'm not even Venom's, really excited for it anymore. Venom's like a good, bad movie. You know, like I had, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm only excited for Morbius. That movie's going to be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> I was just I, talking the, last night to my buddy Jason about how many fucking times they pushed that movie back and how nobody gives a fuck about it. Yeah, it's also the, the, weird that like they hadn't even announced an official Spider-Man three, especially because of the whole like fallout between Disney and Sony back in like late summer 2019. And then Morbius finished filming in November 2019. I still think before they had even, maybe they had just made that deal for Spider-Man 3. And then a year, more than a year later, they started filming Spider-Man 3. But Spider-Man 3 will come out two months before Morbius comes out. What if Spider-Man <laughs> never makes it to the universe because Disney just buys them out instead? They're like, look, we... We don't want him in there that bad that we will buy your company. <laughs> just so it doesn't happen. Yeah, I just don't. Like, I'm just so tired of them using the better Spider-Man villains and giving them solo movies instead of, like, letting them be in. Not that, like, I think they're going to be done super well in Disney's hands, but. Well, I, I don't know. I think I just... the idea of Venom being, like, having his own, own movie and then eventually, like, crossing over seems cool on paper, but. Like, the movie sucked, and, like, it's a different universe for now. <laughs> so it didn't really work. I don't know. But... I, I, don't, I don't like that idea at all, really, but I feel like Venom's whole thing is he's supposed to, like, well, not only just that he's supposed to start off because of his relationship to Spider-Man, but also I feel like he becomes an anti-hero later in the comics anyway. So there's nothing interesting about starting a villain off as an anti-hero and then either going back on it pretending he's full-on villain or not having him be a villain ever. Honestly, it's just the Sony Spider-Man spinoffs all just seem like superhero movies from like 2004. <laughs> they're hopelessly dated feeling, and they're all very shitty, but in that sense, they're kind of funny. Oh yeah, but, they're also um, making that Silk 
TV show now. It's supposed to be a movie. They just announced now it's a TV show. So if you're stoked for that. <laughs> Personally, I think their best bet, just get like Andrew Garfield back or someone. Because he's still young enough he could be Spider-Man. At least just they can have their own Spider-Man in their universe, personally. But I, I will say, on top of like being against the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters regardless, I also think Aaron Taylor Johnson is a bad choice for Craven. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah and they're making a um, Spider-Woman movie. Is is it a it's standalone movie? I think so, the Olivia Wilde one. But no, I think it's oh, in the universe. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. it might be in the universe, I don't know. It's not Marvel though, it's Sony Pictures yeah. universe of Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so quick little not much to say about it, but kind of interesting thing is they got a the voice actress who played Marlene in The Last of Us. Uh, her name is Merle Dandridge. She's actually going to reprise that character for the live-action HBO show. Yeah, I heard that, actually. That's really cool. So, like, it's kind like, of a cool little... Doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, cool. What do you guys think about this news? Akoya is apparently getting her own Disney Plus spinoff. Who? Who? <laughs> Who? Oh, no, boys. Black Panther? I can see there's not a lot of culture in this podcast. I had to, I had to Google oh. it. I, I forgot for a minute, to be honest. Really? <laughs> I feel okay. Well, I feel like she's big enough that I, I don't know. I feel like we all should have known who she was. But I like, and I really do like her character. I think she probably has more like charisma than half of that cast. But I, uh, I don't, I don't want a spinoff just about her. I don't care. I guess maybe if it explores Wakanda a lot, it'd be cool. But even then, like, I'd rather just, like, a Wakanda spinoff. Isn't that what the new movie her. is going to be, though? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm never one for a spinoff. I'd rather just explore it in a sequel. So, like, I don't care. Well, spinoffs just, spin-offs just dilute the main brand because it it's oversaturation. And that goes for, like, any franchise, really. Yeah, there, there are so few spinoffs I like. But I do really like her character. I think that uh, it's funny that like Lapita Nyong'o is one of the biggest, like most talented actresses out there right now. And I think she was so like underwritten in Black Panther that I don't like. I don't remember her name in that movie. Do you guys remember her character's name? This is Nakia. Nope. I'm on Wikipedia. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like. And she she wasn't introduced early in Civil War. She was in Black Panther. She wasn't in Infinity War or Endgame or even mentioned in those movies. And then she's probably just going to come back like full force in Black Panther two. And I'm gonna, no one's going to. And she's motion capture in Star Wars. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she plays but the like, buttholes eyes alien, like the little yellow alien person, right? Yeah. Maz Kanata. Yeah, yeah, with the butthole eyes. <laughs> She's such a great actress. Don't fucking disrespect <laughs> her. Um, yeah, just a weird situation there, though. But I don't know. I like Denai Guerrero. She's she's one of probably one of the only good parts of Walking Dead anymore. I haven't seen that show in years, but she was always good. Wait, what? Oh my god, Koya. I hadn't watched like Walking Dead in years, so I I didn't realize yeah, she was shown. Oh shit. Like it was years in between me watching Black Panther and The Walking Dead. I just kind of forgot. That's crazy. Yeah, it's fair. 
She'll probably be in the Walking Dead theater or theatrical release movies. That probably won't happen anymore. But yeah, is that still a thing? Whatever happened to the trilogy of Rick films they were making? I don't think that's happening. They shouldn't have. Weird that they just haven't mentioned it all. I feel like at this point, it like I think it was such a stupid idea to like really heavily market Andrew Lincoln's final episode and then just end it on a cliffhanger and immediately like within minutes of the episode airing, they announced he's getting a trilogy of films. But like, I don't know for any walking dead fans out there. I feel bad that there's just no like resolution to his story now. Yeah. It's just one of the main characters never got resolved. The main character. Like, yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, moving on quick note. Uh, Tim Miller, director of Deadpool and Deadpool two. Yeah. He did Deadpool two, right? Yeah. No, just the first one. Yeah. No. Okay. He got fired. Did he? Who directed Deadpool yeah. 2? Uh, one of the John Wick people. He got fired oh, because like, yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah, Reynolds yeah, yeah. wanted, like, basically took it over. Um, he recently said that he thinks Deadpool would work as a PG-13 movie in the MCU, as long as it's still Ryan Reynolds. I agree with him. I honestly do, just because I think the humor in the Deadpool films is really lazy a lot of the times, where they don't really <laughs> tell a joke, it's just him saying fucker shit in like a funny way, or like just saying like, holy fuck balls, and that's like the joke. Saying well, really meta jokes. They'd have to be... Yeah, well, yeah. like if it's PG-13, they'd have to be a little more clever, because like, the thing is, is the comics are like R-rated violence-wise, but language-wise are oftentimes censored, because you can't be too, you know, in a comic that's just available for like any kid to grab. So, yeah, it could work as a pg yeah, I think we've also all talked before about how it could be funny just seeing him, like, you know, make meta references to the fact that he has to keep himself PG-13 now. I find, yeah, though, I, like, I watched Deadpool a while ago, and I thought it was really lazy. Like, a lot of the meta jokes are just, like, pointing out something and saying it, and then just doing it anyways. It's like, ugh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of either film. I think Deadpool is good. I do not like Deadpool 2. I'm the same way. Maybe Deadpool right, three could of, be incredible. We had a lot of trailers in the last couple of weeks, so we got. I'll just list them all. If you want to talk about any of them, you fucking talk about them. We got old, the new M Night Shyamalan movie, Jungle Cruise, Eternals, Last Night in Soho, and our first look at uh, the new Dexter season. Well, Hashtag old. who is Jim Lindsay? You're forgetting one. I, I knew I knew I was forgetting one, but I couldn't remember it. But I don't even care. And then Gunpowder Milkshake with Karen Gillan. I didn't actually watch that trailer, so that's why I forgot that one. Fucking but. so sick! I can't wait. I do love Karen Gillan though. Uh, Eternals looks like whatever. Soho looks exciting, and Dexter. I'm I'm really hopeful for it. Old, the new Shyamalan film, I mean, it's a coin flip like always. It's either going to be really good or complete shit. Mm -hmm. There won't be an in-between. Yeah, yeah I, I think the concept's good, and I think it could work, but obviously, like, I... Yeah, I have no clue based on his track record. Yeah. Um, Eternals uh, looks bland and whatever. Uh, visually is very drab, uh, which was disappointing. But Yeah. Uh, and then Last Night in Soho looks fantastic. Um, I'll go through. Yeah, old. 
like Alex said, it's coin flip with M Night. Um, there'll probably be a stupid twist at the end. I don't know. Probably something like somebody sacrificed something so they can become rich or something, and then they like age rapidly. Some stupid shit. And if that's the plot, I'm calling it now on this podcast, and you can take that when we review it. We'll just play it. Um, the last night Soho trailer, loved it. I watched it like five times. I'm really excited. I love Anya Taylor-Joy, so there's that. Um, didn't watch the Dexter trailer, because I've never watched Dexter. Um, what else was there? Oh, Eternals. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I know it's pretty boring to begin with, so hopefully. I have hope that like, if there's another trailer, it's like more exciting. But yeah, and um, Gunpowder Milkshake trailer looks like a fucking blast. It's like Charlie's Angels meets John Wick. And I love how John Wick's just become a subgenre now for any action movie that's like Zombie, exciting. John Wick, Army of the Dead. <laughs> just John Wick. Everything every action movie I watch that's like R rated now, I'm just like, yeah, it's like John Wick. It's just subgenre. Yeah, I, haven't seen, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the gunpowder trailer, so I'll have to check it out now. It's it looks like a lot of fun. And Karen Gillan just plays a a badass, like straight faced killer. <laughs> Just no, no, like emotion, but she doesn't need emotion. That's the thing. Yeah, I haven't looked into old at all, actually. So maybe I'll watch that after. Yeah, like it's not the first look we got it because they had their it's like thirty second teaser drop on Super Bowl night, and I think I sent it to that group chat, but it wasn't anything. It was basically like all the peak and memorable moments in the current trailer, but just in thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and it took out everything in between. So. It, but it looks interesting. Like I like the concept, and even some of the things you see in it. Like uh, I think one of the characters, one of the the young the kids at the beginning, and she ends up being a kid and grows up, and then rapidly changes to an adult, and then becomes like pregnant or something. Like that, I was like, that's fucking weird. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited for uh, just Matt Smith as a villain in Last Night in Soho as a hardcore Doctor Who fan. I feel like. I always want the people who play the Doctor in those shows to go on and do bigger things. David Tennant's done quite a bit, but he's definitely not like as big as I'd like him to be. So like, I'm pretty stoked for Peter Capaldi as the thinker in Suicide Squad and Matt Smith in this. Because he missed out on his chance to be a villain in Terminator Genesis. He never got the two glorious sequels to that trilogy. <laughs> yeah, what and then, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for Dexter. I like the little cool reference to the author because the it's based on a book series by Jeff Lindsay, and then in the new show, his alias is Jim Lindsay. Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's cool. Dexter, though, it's That's all I got though. Dexter's a, uh, sorry. Last thing, Dexter's the same showrunner from the first four seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hopeful for. Because the second half of that show is not very good. <laughs> I don't think he'll do the same thing, but it's weird. And I won't say what it is here in case anyone doesn't want to know or hasn't seen the show at all. But because he stopped doing the show at season four and people continued for four more seasons near the, I think right after the last season came out or right before it, he came out and said what his ending of the show would have been. And it was like 10 times better than the season eight finale. It's just weird. It's like knowing that he's come out now and said, like, this is what I would have done with the series. This is how I would have liked it to end. It's like, is he just going to do that? Or hmm. Do you think it'll start off with Dexter saying, 
tonight's the night. It's going to happen over and over again. Yeah, props. That'd be really cool. I'd get chills if you said that. I'm right, stoked for on. whatever the new intro is going to be. I feel like it's just going to be his new daily routine. It better be the same thing, but just like kind of like darker. In, in, a, like, in a cabin in the woods. A new rendition of it, you know? All right, we're done with the news. Oh, we're, done with the news. Oh, we're not going to talk about um, Amazon buying MGM. Oh, yeah. I had um, that up. I, I that totally abs- exited out of it. Okay, yeah, the absolute nightmare of the modern film industry just becoming a monopolized. Yeah, that was the number one thing on my news, and I accidentally just closed it early. (laughs) Um, I told them that if, like, A24 ever gets bought out by a big company like that, I will just stop watching movies. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very concerning when, like, Jeff Bezos is making comments like... um, you know, we have so many great IPs to utilize, like Thelma and Louise and Raging Bull. And I'm like, Christ, we're going to get like so many spinoffs and remakes and TV shows for every little movie now. It's going to be awful. I hope not. The only hope to that, I guess, is that it could mean James Bond gets put on Prime as a premium release if theaters aren't open here by then. Well, I but yeah, I that's not happening. One... Yeah, one, that's probably not happening. Two, I wouldn't want that to happen. Three, I, I think there's no chance that theaters aren't open by then. Bold statement. Also, also the Broccoli's already said it's a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, even though MGM has a stake in Bond, they don't actually own it, nor do they have um, like control over it. It's actually it's the Broccoli's that have um, final say on everything to do with the Bond film, be it from the marketing to the release to you know the casting and everything in it. So... Amazon can't screw it up too much, which is nice. You think there's a chance theaters aren't open by October? I'm in Ontario. (laughs) I'm hoping, but you know, you know. I mean, at that point, I'm sure at the bare minimum, we could probably just go to Quebec and see a movie there. I might. I'm thinking about doing that for fucking Quiet Place right now. It's a little controversial, Benjamin. Yeah, I know. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've been sitting in my basement for fucking two months since my last school placement, and I'm so so tired of this, guys. Don't don't just. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's your apartment, okay? It ain't your basement. It's an apartment. The whole apartment <laughs> is nice, a basement, but it's a nice. Yeah, just losing it, guys. I'm fucking losing it. Um, so moving on maybe for a little yeah <laughs> uh movie <laughs> uh i'm trying to think question of the week if you guys don't have a question i just have one pretty easy one yeah, i forgot i don't know i don't i don't have any okay uh i was just gonna ask what everyone's favorite zombie movie is because clearly we're doing a zombie episode ooh, uh ooh. you know think outside the box maybe even one that's not your favorite but something that you would highly recommend yeah, I'm just thinking Shaun the Dead right now, or Night of the Living Dead might be just my favorite. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead, it's so crazy how that's like one of the first zombie, the first zombie movie, and it's just, like, hits all the marks, really. Like, what more do you need out of a zombie movie than that movie? Here, we can, we'll, we'll worry like this then. Why don't you give your top three? No order, you can just give your top three zombie movies. Uh, People talk about 28 Days Later a lot, and that one's obviously great, but I actually really liked 28 Weeks later a lot when i was a kid it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember that one being pretty sick just the concept of it where they have like a lockdown in london and it's just like that's just kind of the whole concept of just it 
breaking down. <laughs> I'm Googling zombie movies and it says Overlord. I guess that was zombie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Overlord, like, like what defines a zombie? That was a know? lot of fun. That one was pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. haven't seen Overlord though. What are we do in the shadows? What the fuck? This that's a vampire movie. Get out of here. <laughs> Dude, did you call Night of the Living Dead the very first zombie movie? It's it's not the first zombie, but yeah, it's the but... first like modern zombie that establishes all the rules that yeah exactly. There's like ghouls and stuff like that, and like the idea, but well, because there's like white zombie, and I walked with a zombie. If you go back to like the 30s and 40s, it's it's known as like the 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 quintessential zombie movie, basically. I guess my favorite zombie movie of all time is George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, um, and also just one of my favorite films in general. Um, but then some runners-up would be George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, uh, which is also an excellent film. Um, and then another I'm going to highlight, well, not one of like my all-time favorites, but uh, Return of the Living Dead is a great horror comedy uh, from the 80s. Uh, and it's a really fun spin on the zombie uh, genre. We have like talking zombies and... Uh, actually, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a lot of cool ways they sort of mix up the genre uh, and sort of have fun with it. And I, I highly recommend that one. All right, I got I got my pick. Cool. If I if I was being honest, it would just be like one of the ones you've already mentioned, like either Night of or Shaun of the Dead. But uh, I'm gonna go with a bold pick. This is not a joke. If you haven't seen it, this movie's fucking great. It's Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Fantastic. I love Scooby Doo on Zombie Island is fucking amazing. Nice. I want to see one cut of the dead, just really quickly. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that film is awesome. I love One Cut of the Dead. Yeah, I've heard good things. Also, I got one more zombie recommendation, but um, Zombie 2, Lucio Fulci, is fantastic. And it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, but it's a awesome zombie movie. There's a scene where a zombie fights a shark underwater. Uh, <laughs> and it was all shot practically. And I will say, like watching it, I have no idea how they pulled it off. But it's incredible. Anybody yeah. see uh, Little Monsters? No. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it when no it one had, saw uh, it. Uh, no, had, I've seen None it. Of us saw it. I saw it when it came out. Did, did you get really strong? Sure. My no, not yet. I've only been finishes three. We have three. <laughs> I just said one. I don't know. <laughs> That's the top three. No order. Oh, okay. Well, I just I don't know the other two. I said. <laughs> what? <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, Shaun of the Dead, and Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Here's um, my here's my pick for not a good zombie movie that might be in Gabe's top three. And you know what I'm gonna say, Gabe? Train to Busan. No, I love Train to Busan. The Dead Don't Die. Funny that is obviously in, that's my top ten. I fucking love that movie. Hilarious. <laughs> um, my top three: Train to Busan, uh, Wreck. If you consider that a zombie movie. Yeah, no, that definitely counts. Um, not Quarantine. Don't watch Quarantine. Watch Wreck instead. Um, and it's a tie between... I, I like 28 Days Later slightly better than 28 Weeks Later, but I can also understand why people like 28 Weeks Later more. It's totally fine. Your your opinion's validated, Jacob. I no, love, it's, I I do it's love not that things. I like it more. It's just I feel like people don't talk about uh, it as much. So I'm going to say Oh, uh, okay, okay. All right, no problem. Um, obviously, I like Shaun of the Dead, too. It's like one of my favorite movies. Uh, but I really, really love 
Night of the Creeps. I don't know why. I love Night of the Creeps. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Creeps, Train to Busan, and uh, blah, 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 what the fuck did I say? I just drew a blank on the three I just said. <laughs> um, worst Recording. one? Oh, yeah, Wreck. Thanks. Um, the worst zombie movie I've ever seen in my life. It's not the worst, but it's definitely one I wouldn't recommend if you don't want the burst of the movies tarnished, and it's Peninsula. And I'll go on about that when we talk about Army, but Peninsula. I, I heard that's really bad. Movie. Should I watch Night of the Creeps? I've never seen this. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So much fun. It's one of my. I, 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 it's a zombie movie, but that would be probably my second pick. My number two. Yeah. All right. Solid. Um. All right. Let's dive into Dawn, I guess, right? Yeah. The, yeah. First, the original? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't watch the, the in like years, so. <laughs> Ben's the only one that watched him recently. Because we just quickly uh, talk about it for like a quick minute or so. All right. Talk about so our, got... our thoughts. I mean, no, Alex like already said it's one of his favorite movies, but <laughs> yeah, overrated as hell. What? Blasphemy. It's good. Here's the thing: Did I watch the wrong cut? Because holy fuck, was the director's cut long? Oh yeah, the director's yeah, the theatrical cut's better. How long is the theatrical cut? I think it's like two. two Actually, hours. wait. I have I have the box set right over here. Let me check. What did you watch it on? Buddy, don't do this to me. No, I'm, I'm like I think I watched. I watched it on Amazon. Did you watch it on there? You know what um, I did. You said you did. You know Tell what it. I did, and I can't just say it out loud. Oh, oh my god! So, what'd you do, buddy? I'm clueless right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god! Nothing, man. Nothing. Nothing. I bought it on 4K Steelbook. <laughs> <laughs> just for the podcast. <laughs> did they make a 4K Steelbook for that? It, it did get a 4K release, but UK only. Anyway, the version I watched was two and a half hours, and it was way too fucking long. Yeah, the theatrical cuts uh, two hours and seven minutes. How long? Uh, two hours and seven minutes is how long the theatrical is. Yeah, and I think exact to the dot it was two thirty six. So yeah, almost yeah yeah tw- twenty nine minutes longer. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would like have liked it. A, cause it was still good. I still liked it, but maybe I would have loved it if I watched the theatrical cut because I feel like it's hard to tell specifically what was added. Obviously, but I pretty much said you could have taken out about thirty minutes of this movie. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Th- there's there's some things in the director's cut I like, but like there's nothing. It's easy to see why he cut them. But yeah, I, I don't know. I still think it's definitely not as good as Night regardless. I think people praise that movie so much just for the themes of like taking down capitalism in that way. And people people love that line where, they, you know, oh, they come back here because this was an important place to them. I just think it's a little on the nose and it's <laughs> yeah. it's a little shallow. It's not like they explore it that well. Yeah, people are talking about it. I don't really think I, it's really like the movie's even about that. I think it's honestly just like four people in a zombie, like in a mall, and that's just that's just the movie. Like <laughs> it's just exploring that as a concept. Yeah, like I don't think it's really trying to say anything too much, but people love to really just bash on the or to, like hammer in those themes. I also think my main problem with the movie is I don't really like the character dynamics anywhere near as much as I did in Night of the Living Dead. I feel like Every character in Night serves a very specific purpose. Whereas 
every this character in this movie is kind of just a boring like I like the wife she kind of shows some character development and agency otherwise the three guys are very very boring characters and they don't really there's no development there's no conflict they're just kind of three guys trying to survive in a mall yeah dude Ken Furry's awesome in it <laughs> yeah I've, I've always liked like the the tension in night that just start that like, comes from the humans whereas in this one it's just like it's really just the wish fulfillment of seeing that concept and I do think the best part of the movie is just like when they're going through all the uh, like parts of survival, like everything that they have to do, and then the last twenty minutes, like I I know like the I I don't want to spoil the movie or anything, but like the last twenty minutes where it kind of changes and something gets introduced, like I I like where it comes from thematically, but I just think like there's a lot more in the con like the premise that I would have liked to see explored. I also feel like maybe it's just my like the idea of staying in a mall that's like totally cleared out of zombies and like you have full reign to all those stores looks and sounds so like fun and cool. But I feel like the montage of when that is all supposed to become very mundane to them is done in such a weird, quick way where like, it's not believable. I'm like, I don't believe that you're not having fun at this point anymore. And also like knowing what's out there in the rest of the world, where else? I feel like the whole idea of that was supposed to say like, maybe this isn't that cool a place. And I feel like that definitely spoke to those themes. But otherwise, it's like, where else could you be right now that would have anything but this? Like, you've got all of these little, like, you've got the the little home area nook. Oh, also, wait, sorry, this just reminded wait, me of one of say, my biggest issues with the movie. The remake falls into that same problem as well. Yeah, that's fair. It's really annoying. I, I um, thought that too. One, one of my biggest issues with the movie... Why the fuck, once they clear out the mall of all the zombies, why did they stay in the probably, like, cold, like, dark attic area with all the storage? Like, they've got the furniture store with the nice-looking, like, cottage apartment. And they still, like, they, they have a couple moments where they, like, have sex in the bed there or, like, just hang out and read a book by the fire. But no matter what, they always end every night going back to laying on a cement floor with a fucking sleeping bag. <laughs> I don't understand. Why do they keep going back up there? It's not even That's, that much safer. I mean, it's a lot safer. <laughs> yeah, you got the they hallway. cleared out all the zombies. And they, they can... They, well, because it's right by the... The exit. The, um, the, the roof. Yeah, the exit yeah. of the helicopter. I guess, but they've cleared it out. <laughs> like, I don't care well, anymore. Yeah, but then the, <laughs> make, make the a last, nice barricade. The last, the last act area. proved that it was a good thing that they were there. <laughs> I mean, also, if they just left, they would have been fine. The second they realized things were coming, if they didn't just stay there and stake out, like, you know, they knew that was happening. They could have just taken off immediately. Yeah, but that'd be a boring movie. I know, but <laughs> it's just like an issue with everything that they were doing the entire film. Yeah, that's fair. I think Night is just more, like, is the better made movie, where Dawn is just, like, a fun movie to show off some cool, like, effects and makeup and stuff like that. And some of it's kind of shitty, but a lot of it's just, like, fun and charming, you know, like, the head explosions and stuff like that. Yeah, I like all the gore in it. I don't agree with the makeup part, really. I, I think all the zombie makeup looks awful. No, but... yeah, I mean, like, it's just, like, that's really more the focus. It's just the zombies and the concept. Some of it looks kind of crappy, though. I like the uh, the headshots, though. I was looking, watching a video on it, and they put like little, like pennies or like dollars on their head, and they just pulled them with a string. 
you know, when they were um, renovating the mall that they filmed in, like, 40 years later, they were taking out the old um, walls. And then the original ones from, like, 40 years ago when they were filming were still there. And they were still stained with blood uh, from all the way back then. And they, like, freaked out because they're like, what the fuck happened here? And then they, they were, like, told after, like, no, no, they filmed the movie, like, 45 years ago and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. But, I, but, yeah, they had to film the whole movie at night when the mall was closed. Um and I can just imagine, like, what if they just accidentally like, left a brain or, like, a severed hand or something on the ground, and then, like, people are just shopping a few hours later, and they just stumble upon it. Like, what would have happened? <laughs> it is so cool, too, because they're just riding motorcycles right through it. Like, it's very visceral. <laughs> um, I don't really have much to say about it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't really have, like, a lot to say. It's just, I don't know. It's a fun zombie movie, you know? It's so early on, so I don't mind a lot of, the, like, the... Like, I, I do think the makeup is kind of shitty, and, like, it it's not even... It looks better in night because of just how, like, the black and white and the darkness of that movie. But, yeah. It's it's just a, a fun time. I obviously disagree with um, a lot of your guys' <laughs> complaints, but that's fine. Like, the makeup is bad, but, like, it's it's not... I would never consider it a flaw of the movie. It doesn't, like... It doesn't impact my enjoyment by any means. It's, you know, it's the time. Um... I just the think like it's angle is definitely the one. It only sucks because it's like the the one that he did before that like looks better. I think, in my opinion, the only yeah. Romero film with really great effects is the next one, uh, Land of the Dead. Because, uh, or sorry, uh, Day of the Dead. Day Land of the, of the Dead. Dead has decent effects, but it has a lot of shitty CGI gore in it. Uh, Day of the Dead looks fantastic, but um, with Dawn, like. Uh, I get what you mean with the consumerism. Like, you do also have to take into account that when the movie came out, malls were not a thing. Like, they were very, very new. So it was a pretty ahead-of-its-time uh, commentary. But I, I don't really think that's, like, the main focus of the movie. It's definitely more just about human nature. Um, and it definitely puts, like, it's sort of like how humans are the real monsters. Because, like, the zombies are really just following instinct. They're not, you know, doing things out of malice, per se. Well, the humans are, especially as you get into the ending. Um and we're kind of like our own worst creatures. And that's a recurring theme throughout all of his films. Um, but this is the one where the social commentary definitely is more overt. Um, it's when it sort of becomes the forefront. Well, Night of Living Dead is definitely a bit more subtle in that regard. Um, not that I think either approach is necessarily better or worse than the other. Um, for me, though, Dawn basically takes everything that I love in Night and just expands on it. Um, it is also definitely the more fun movie of the two with the wish fulfillment in the mall. Um, and it also has the awesome, awesome Goblin score, which is both wildly out there for a zombie film, but it works so <laughs> well. Yeah, I think I read somewhere, did I get the worst score too? What? <laughs> I think what do you the mean? director's cut has a different score. Uh, no, oh, it's the, because there's, th there's three cuts of the movie. There's the theatrical, the hands cut which is like the two hour 40 whatever and then there's the italian cut and the italian cut changes the music where there's like more goblin score but um yeah actually let me look it up i think like it's one of those movies too where it's like it definitely touches a lot of new bases but they're just movies that we've seen since then or like games about zombies or whatever like that have just covered the concept of you know humans being really the the bane of all existence <laughs> like stronger like the last of us or like the last of us too so like watching something like this in comparison feels like shallow but at the same time it's like well it was one of the first ones to do it at the same time uh, okay actually yeah the extended cut does not have any of the um zombie music it's all just like library 
like royalty free track. So yeah, you literally watched the worst version possible. Oh god, that nice, sucks, man. Nice, 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 uh, nice. Yeah, because 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 the Goblin score is iconic. It's I feel like one of the things that really sells the tone of it. Um, you know, honestly, when things open up, I have the 4K set. We'll have to watch it together sometime. Yeah, that oh, sucks. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I fucked up. I fucked up. That really sucks. <laughs> right, well, maybe this is why in my opinion not that movie is not that high. I was like really. <laughs> I was really like between a three and a three and a half. And I was like, I, I almost did the three just to piss you guys off. But I was like, oh, I guess it's good enough for a three and a half. <laughs> okay, that definitely explains a lot of your ambivalence towards it now. I mean, I had, I gave it a three and a half at first. And then as time went on, <laughs> I just found myself thinking about it and like wanting to watch it again and again. So I raised it up to an eight out of ten. Okay, so should we go to the, the remake? It still has. Yeah. You still have a three and a half on Letterbox, buddy. You're fucking a little high. I don't think I do. <laughs> oh yeah, for Letterbox, it's really weird. If you change your rating, you have to actually like, go back to the review and edit oh, your yeah, review yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it won't. It won't reflect. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Is is Gabe back? I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All right. All right. All right. Hey, all right, all right so, all right. Dawn yeah. of the Dead remake. Yes. Which, on paper. Horrible idea, remaking a classic horror film, and yet is so much better than it has any right to be. All right. Uh, 2004 release, uh, directed by Zack Snyder. And it follows. Uh, when her husband is attacked by a zombified neighbor, Anna manages to escape only to realize her entire Milwaukee neighborhood has been overrun by the walking dead. After being questioned by cautious policeman Kenneth, Anna joins him in a small group that gravitates to the local shopping mall as a bastion of safety. Once they convince suspicious security guards that they are not contaminated, contaminated, contaminated <laughs> the group bands together to fight the undead hordes. Uh, it stars Sarah Pauly, Ving, is it Ving Rames? I don't want to fuck that yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, Ving Rames. Uh, Jake Weber, Mackay Pfeiffer, Ty Burrell, Michael Kelly, Kevin Zeggers, Michael Barry, Lindy Booth, Jane Eastwood. Yeah, look, really all <laughs> I that, kept reading, but... the only name that you might and... take away is uh, Ving Rhames and Ty Burrell. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys keep saying Burrell. Bur- is it not Burrell? Burrell. 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 I've never heard any, like, I don't know for sure, but I've <clears throat> never heard someone call it Burrell. I just, I just said it because Gabe just said it. But Okay, it's literally spelled the same way as my last name and I fucked that up. <laughs> so that's kind of embarrassing. Um, I didn't know that James Gunn wrote the screenplay for this. Yeah, I forgot. I found out when I rewatched it recently. I rewatched it last night, so it's very fresh in my mind now. Um, but yeah, George Romero obviously did the original, so it's, uh, he also has a screenwriting cred on this as well. Um, so yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on 2004 Dawn of the Dead? Um, we could start with Ben and Alex and Jacob, then I'll go last. Yeah, well, start with me. Here's here's the thing, boys. I fucked up. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> watch it. I was so watched the three hour cut. In, yeah, I was so caught up in rewatching the old ones that I never got around to rewatching this one. So <laughs> I haven't seen this in like over a decade. So I'll say, I'll say, uh, I remembered it being good. You didn't watch this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I actually planned on waking up today at 12 just so I could wear, like, being out of bed 
having breakfast ready for 12 so I could watch it between 12 and 2, and then I fucked up and I slept until 1. It's amateur hour on uh-huh. this part here. Amateur hour. <laughs> yeah. At least when I don't watch a movie, it's like when we're doing like 10 movies or a director episode. I forgot we were, I forgot this was like an actual double feature. I thought it was just... I thought we weren't starting Devil Feature until season two. Why would you so watch the <laughs> Why would you watch the older ones first and you didn't watch this one? <laughs> well here was my thought process was, oh I should watch Army of the Dead, but oh it's been so long since I've seen Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, I should watch that first. But oh it's been so long <laughs> since I've seen the original Dawn of the Dead. I should watch that too. But oh fuck, it's been so so long since I've seen Night of the Living Dead, so I should watch that too. So then I just started from the beginning and I didn't finish. And it was it was it was, it was last Army? night. What one? Yeah, did you, did you did you watch Army? Army? Yeah. No, no I've I've not yet, not yet, not yet. Soon. No, 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 no. So it's on last right now. Night at like, I think it was last night at like one in the morning or something. I started watching Army. I did the side between the two. You messaged me at like midnight. You're like, so have you watched it yet? And I'm like, yeah, the credits rolled like a minute ago. Have you started it? He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, my bad, my bad, boys. I watched Army, right. though. Okay, so, okay. so Dawn right. of the Dead. Um, yeah, so, like, on paper, like, a Dawn of the Dead remake is something that I should just, like, hate on principle, and yet, surprisingly, pretty damn good. Um, I hadn't seen this since I was probably in high school, because um, I would have watched, like, like, right after I saw the original. Um, and I remember it being really good, um, but I gotta say, I think it's aged a lot better than I remembered. And I actually had forgotten a lot of this movie. I only really remembered, like, the opening credits and sort of uh, ground Zero of the Apocalypse, which I still think is some of the best in a zombie film. Agreed. Uh, like, just yeah. in general. But yeah, no, I, I, this is a great, great remake because, like all the great remakes, it doesn't just try to redo the original movie, um, you know, like 20, 30 years later, but it actually just takes the premise and does its own spin on it. Similar to, like, the Cesaria remake, which is another fantastic remake because it does its own thing with it um, while still having some influence, but not just stealing all the same set pieces and story um so yeah this is obviously more action heavy than the original um it's a lot more fast-paced um as is you know snyder's style as well as um for the modern age but yeah no it's got a really likable cast of characters um at least the main cast like the rest kind of get lost in the shuffle uh just because there are way too many but um yeah no there's some really great gore uh some great practical effects um the cg is also pretty good for the time uh, it's really intense. Uh, I wouldn't say the movie's scary, but it is definitely thrilling to watch, um, especially as you get into the final moments. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a really good update of uh, the classic. Thumbs up. Yeah, it is. Like I was going to say, too, it's like the intensity <laughs> was probably the thing that surprised me the most. It's just like it's very intense and very brutal. Like there's just a lot of like. I was saying to Alex early on in the movie, there's, like, one scene where they're fighting the fountain, and Feng Rames just, like, hits his arm on a gash in metal, and, like, oh, it was just so, like, just everything... It makes you squirm. Yeah, everything's just unforgiving to the characters, and it's awesome. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know, I thought it was really bleak, but I really liked how, like, empathetic the movie was towards them as well. Like, there are a lot of, like, moments where characters get introduced, and within ten minutes, you're just supposed to, like care about everything that's going on like the one where uh i guess we should just get into spoiler alert this is like such an old movie but they have to put the dad down and it's just like takes the shift i like though that like it's very bleak but a lot of the 
the characters just have like a lot of goodness to them. Like everything good that they do kind of goes against them. <laughs> All their good intentions end up killing them in the end. But yeah, I I just thought it was uh, a lot of fun and my like big thing that I really didn't like was I didn't really like the color grading of this movie. It has that kind of 2000s like high saturated look. And I looked into it and the guy did um too fast, too furious and that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it's not surprising to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it like it was a really like ugly looking movie, which might be like maybe kind of added to the subject matter, but I would have preferred like just the flatness of the original or something like that because and and like how it looked visually, but I had a really good time with it. Yeah, I'm in like the same boat. Um it actually wasn't as like great as I remember it being and seen it since I was like really young. Um I still enjoyed it though. It's got like a certain level to that grittiness to it that I think works in its favor. And it's just like like you said, it's kinda like brutal and Oh, I was gonna say it's chainsaw. I can just say that. Like, that's enough. Unrelenting. <laughs> yeah. That scene with the chainsaw, um, I think you guys know what I'm talking about right away, right? Oh, in the, in the, 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 yeah, the fucking armored car. Brutal. Ugh, like, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, like, when you see someone rev up a chainsaw like that in a really fast-moving armored car, like, some, sometimes they do that in movies, and not, there's no, like, consequences to that. <laughs> but this one's just like, nah, this is not realistic, so we're just gonna show you it and then go a completely different direction than you thought <laughs> um i think i do love you know i'll talk more about this when we get to army but um i think between the two this one has the better opening sequence because it's not fucking yeah seven minutes long <laughs> um and i think it does like a great job at like establishing what what the deal is and also a johnny cash song and it fits very well um, and I also like the end, like the ending, ending, like a post credit scene to it. I think that's uh really interesting. Oh, me and, and, and Tori um, hated it. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? It's just so bleak, you know. But I, I do like that it's like early fits, found footage. It fits Romero. Yeah, if it, it fits a lot, and I like that. Uh, it's early found footage, which I thought was super cool. That was surprising mm -hmm. to me. It's like two thousand four. Like that's so ahead of. Like Cloverfield yeah. was 2007. I, I just like how it. Uh, I just like how it progresses, like Blair Witch. just that scene in okay, general. Okay. Like the, the dawn scene, like at the end of not, not army, but uh, just like how it starts off, like oh they're on a boat. Cause you always think like they get a, they escape, they get on the boat. Mm -hmm. Then what? Like how far is said island that they're going yeah, to? Yeah, and then it's just and like then no, it's like them yeah. recording like the maggots on the food, and then in the cooler they find the zombie head stuff like that. So, it's like. It shows you the things that you don't act like you don't usually see. Yeah, um, it's like you can it's if you spin on like the ending of. Oh. I was gonna say if you don't like it too, you can always just turn off the movie. <laughs> Pretend yeah. it didn't happen. <laughs> it's a spin on like the original ending when the helicopter goes off, and it's sort of like that uncertainty of if they're gonna make it or not mm -hmm. kind of thing. Although this one makes it a lot more explicit. Well, like other than that, like everything, like it's I I think. There's certain parts of this movie that I either really enjoy, and there's parts of it that I'm just like, whatever. Um, I feel like a lot of the time, it, any moment that could, they could genuinely make like the characters feel vulnerable and like scared, they kind of write off with action and explosions and fire. <laughs> kind of like that scene um, when they go to the parking garage, and then the dog kind of pops up. 
or kind of the dog pops up, but then the zombies come, and it's like, okay, now you're in like a dark parking garage, and then they end up just overcoming them basically by setting them on fire. Yeah. To be fair though, I jumped at the uh, the fucking zombie that's just like walk like or swing with his arms, like comes out of nowhere. He's just like hanging off the pipes. Like, I feel like these movies are just so so like unpredictable with how their zombies like behave sometimes, and it's just like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, there's all the other, there's really good like <laughs> jump scenes and like things that'll catch you off guard. Yeah, uh, I'm like more so I'm leaning towards like in that scene specifically, just the end of it. I'm like, they're they're just gonna overcome this. Yeah, like, yeah. That <laughs> um, but I do also I I'll just the last thing I have really for this is I love the, like, aside from the opening credits scenes, I love the opening scene with Anna kind of just looking at her suburb, just fucking falling apart, like, burning to the ground, essentially. I do like that shot mm-hmm. and everything about that opening scene. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's like, kind of, like, as a directing debut, it's really surprising that they allowed Snyder to do one of the most iconic zombie movies remake, like a remake. Mm-hmm. In the first movie yeah. he directed, so which is like a no-win scenario as like for a first-time filmmaker because everyone's gonna have their knives drawn when you remake a classic film like that. Yeah, Snyder is probably just one of the the luckiest filmmakers out there. You could also make some arguments for how he's unlucky just with all the Justice League shit, but like he's been able to touch some of like the biggest franchises he's always wanted to, and they constantly get poor to like middling reception at best and he just keeps going maybe it's because he's a really nice guy (laughs) he is he is very divisive yeah (laughs) army of the dead like this movie is not getting overly good reviews and it's on its way to being like one of the biggest movies on netflix ever projected to although netflix counts a view as watching two minutes of it so their numbers are very inflated across the board yeah, that's fair. Jeez, yeah, it's nice. already like what number seven? Should be like fifty of all time at least. Uh, it's it, yeah. It's like no, I think it's number nine right now, but it's projected to hit number seven over the next month. Yeah, like that's wild. Um, I just have two more things I wanted to bring up. If you guys have like a lot more to say on this one, I I kind of knocked off everything I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I found some couple quotes from. Uh, one from Stephen King and one from George Romero just talking about like this movie and like the kind of reception around it and stuff like that so George Romero said it was better than I expected I thought it was a pretty good action film first 15-20 minutes were terrific but it sort of lost its reason for being it was more of a video game I'm not terrified of things coming at me it's like Space Invaders there's nothing going on underneath and like don't get me wrong I love his movie but he remembers that he put a pie scene in there right or the fact that there's the one scene where the guy puts his arm in like the, uh, like the blood thing. What I don't know what the hell. He checks the word his is. blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. checks his blood pressure, and then it just exists for him to die in there. It's like George. It's a fun moment. George, please don't act like your movie was anything more than what it was as well. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I thought that quote was a little annoying because, like, I think yeah, Snyder really utilize the premise a lot better than he did to be honest i mean he has so much time away from it to kind of come up with all these ideas but they actually sleep in shops you know <laughs> there's a scene where someone shits an empty toilet by accident because 
<laughs> they just thought it was real, I guess. I don't know. Like, there's all these weird little mall, like, uses of the mall, and they actually do something with it. And the other one was from Stephen King, where he said, uh, he, he sees the movie more as, like, I, there's, a, there's a long quote. Basically, he sees the movie as uh, about society's fear of terrorism post 9-11, which I didn't completely see it, but I don't know. Alex is starting to convince me that maybe it's there. Yeah, it's a common thing that kind of yeah. happened around that it's era. It's more just a common trend in, in early 2000s films. Yeah, you see it in a lot of stuff, um, be it action just films, the fear, be it horror. Yeah, like the fear just... of the unknown and, and not being able to stop anything. And it's just unrelentless, you know, just that idea. But uh, I think he just wanted to make some of a zombie movie with some boobs at the end. But yeah. Nice. It's it's very interesting. It blew <laughs> up. All right. All right. You guys got anything else to add about Snyder's Dawn? Uh, nope. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more safe about Army. I This one just... It is what it is. What are your... What's your rating for uh, Dawn? 2004, Dawn of the Dead. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. All right. Jacob? I give it seven to ten. I think it's really good. I think uh, my only, I say, I think my only issue is that some of the characters make a lot of dumb decisions. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I've never seen someone love a dog so much to run into a, drive into a swarm of zombies. That's the one part that bothers me too. I can defend. That's the one I can defend because I'm like, I don't know. I think she lost her family. That's kind of fair. She was just really upset. Tori turned to me and she's like, that'd be me. <laughs> I also don't understand why they would take that lady in the wheelbarrow into the mall. Clearly not yeah, that's, that's in the Yeah, that was the thing that bothered me the most, is that they keep on like talking about like the one guy saying that, like, oh, well, at least we're all not sick, you know, and making a point that, like, this is like an illness. And then they see someone that's very obviously, like, fucked up. And I know they don't know the rules, but it's like, come on, like, look at them. Look at them right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gave it a uh, like a six and a half. To, like I still enjoyed it, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> like six and a half is still good. That's still a good review. That's still good. It's the ten right. out of ten um, for me. Nice. Ben loves Dawn of the Dead two thousand. I just love Snyder. So. I love Snyder. No, you do. All right, Army. Now on to Army of the Dead. Um, I'm going to read the cast list as I read the synopsis of this movie because it's like their names and characters are like planted throughout and it'll just make it a lot easier and then I'll remember who these characters are by name. Um, All right. When Scott Ward, played by Dave Bautista, a displaced Vegas local, former zombie war hero who's now flipping burgers on the outskirts of town he now calls home is approached by a casino boss Bly Tanaka played by Hiro Hiro Yuki Sonata it's with the ultimate proposition break into the zombie infested quarantine zone to retrieve 200 million dollars sitting in a vault beneath the strip before the city is nuked by the government in 32 hours driven by the hope that the payoff could help pave the way to a reconciliation with his estranged daughter Kate played by Ella Purnell Ward takes on the challenge assembling a ragtag team of experts for the heist they include maria cruz played by anna de la Riguera, an ace mechanic and ward's old friend vander Rowe, uh played by amari hardwick a zombie killing machine marianne or wait sorry that was one sentence uh marianne peters played by tig nataro a cynical helicopter pilot 
Mikey Guzman, played by Raul Castillo, a go-for-broke influencer, and Chambers, played by Samantha Wynn, his ride or die. Martin, uh, played by Garrett Dillahunt, the casino's head of security, a badass warrior known as the Coyote, played by Nora Arna Zeter, who recruits Burt Cummings, played by Theo Rossi, a sl- slimy security guard, and a brilliant German safe cracker named Dieter, played by Matthias Schwieghover. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Scott finds an unexpected emotional hurdle when Kate oh, joins the expedition. To <laughs> you, you're, you're gonna stop. <laughs> this is a zombie heist. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. It's almost done. This is the last sentence. Okay, okay. Uh, Scott finds an unexpected emotional hurdle when Kate joins the expedition to search for Gita, a mother who's gone missing inside the city. With a ticking clock and a torsely impenetrable fall and a smarter, faster horde of alpha zombies close again, only one thing's heard in the greatest heist ever attempted. Survivors take all. Oh, brother. Jesus, where are you Jumps. pulling these um, from? <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Because Rotten Tomatoes, if you think that was long, IMDb's is like double that. Like, IMDb's so. is like following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. A group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Ah, fuck, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, it's all good. It, it, I did it so it had the characters' names in their actors. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. It is an ensemble, IMDb, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Army of the Dead. Ben, since you failed to do one half of your job for watching movies, why don't you start this one? Also, because it's one of the most fresh in your minds out of all, all yeah. out of the four. Hasn't even been a day. All right. I fucking loved this movie. And I went into this movie thinking I was not going to like it or it would just be okay. I think this might be Snyder's best movie yet. He's it's probably he's gotta be fucking with us. Why? Yeah. What? You fucking with us? This... No. Are you serious? No. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> I do. Okay, I was gonna. Say. I will say, I I had not heard going in that the opening was like much better than the rest of the movie, and then I found out that was like an opinion that most people carry. I was really digging the first 20, 25 minutes. I think the opening 10 was like silly, but it just reminded me of like a filler episode of Supernatural opening or something. Like the whole like vault scene with the the super zombie. Oh, I hated that. But I oh, I thought it was, was just I thought it was just fun. I thought it was The stupid, acting was like... so there's one like reaction where the guy just sounds like so unconvinced like he just sounds oh, like that's so why i loved it he they, they <laughs> go over a hill and he's like oh we're good i think <laughs> i just and... grew up watching too much even just like you know classic x-files episodes when they're the opening where it's you know these are the expendable characters just to set up whatever the like monster of the week is i thought it, it was, was just, just so cheesy like, yeah. and it was so cheesy they didn't had like no care in the world <laughs> yeah so even just when he when the one guy like tripped I guess, but it looked like he got like snagged by a monster, and then they yeah. were quiet for like two seconds, and he's like, "Ah, you just tripped." I thought that that was, oh man, I was like, "This is so stupid." <laughs> but I had a the military guys. Yeah. Oh, that scene is um, uh, that's a uh, what's the scene? It's it's a uh, basically a reenactment of uh, an American from an American Wolf. werewolf. Yeah. In love, in love. I saw a side by side of that. I had no clue. That's so fun. And yeah, I think I think the cool. Las Vegas intro was really cool. 
but also why didn't we just get stuff like that in the movie yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i want that movie i just actually i don't because that is going to be a movie fuck i don't want that movie Coming. um i'll say this now like when we were talking about it briefly when jacob and i were talking about it everything that we questioned in this movie saying oh we wish that you did this and, and i just had a constantly just message back even on my own messages like immediately like but they're gonna have it in the prequel and i fucking hate the fact that i have to say that every time that it's like oh but in the prequel in the prequel in the prequel it's like dude like come yeah on. that's not an excuse for this movie not being that interesting and i also think yeah. like i don't like this movie regardless but knowing how big it is so that all of these things that were for sure like potentially happening are now 100% happening like an animated series a prequel film and an official sequel like fuck that i don't want any of this and i think there's a lim- isn't there supposed to be a show as well yeah the animated one's the show yeah oh that's okay but yeah i've got a couple little notes of just like i don't know if you want me to just rant about a couple individual things um uh, we'll give our give our quick thoughts and then we'll. we'll okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll finish my yeah, quick thoughts. I thought there were enjoyable moments, and it's a pretty good setup. But yeah, I don't give a shit about any of the characters whatsoever. Also, I knew that the whole Chris Delea situation was a thing. I did not know what his character was or who was replacing him. And within ten seconds of seeing the character who replaced him, I knew it was that character i was like oh this is the character yeah. that was supposed to be crystal uh, taking a tar and I, I hate character. to be that guy but she's such a bad actor too yeah very unconvincing. She, she she plays the same character and everything and for her benefit at least it must have been really tough to do that yeah like you're you're entirely and like I, I don't know i get that a lot of actors have to do that now you know like every marvel movie is just the hero pretending he's fighting a monster or something like Jurassic World, Chris Pratt's just isn't, looking at a tennis ball when he's running away from a T-Rex. But I don't know. I think it... Isn't she just like a, a like a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Like I feel like she doesn't have the, the range for like a role like that. Yeah, you probably should get someone more talented for if you're going to specifically have them be the character who's just working with the green screen. Yeah. Uh, have any of you guys seen Star Trek Discovery? No. Uh, okay. No. You're lucky, but she is in it, um, and she literally plays the exact same character. Like, exactly the same. So I think that's just her whole thing. Obviously, the pandemic hit. There was already, like, what, three months past production. Cost a stupid amount of money to do. And also, even if they could gather everyone to do it again, I think it would just, if it was even during the pandemic, it wasn't safe for her, apparently, because I didn't know she was a cancer survivor. So there was, like, a whole risk of bringing her into a massive ensemble cast if it would be necessarily safe for her to do that with everyone but i i like um i think it was really cool how they did everything like obviously it's not perfect but it's better than putting crystalia in the movie especially when you're gonna have that i was gonna say there's a one scene where they that one girl's like attacking the, the quarantine uh, officer the guard the quarantine officer yeah and he she says to him like how he's an abusive man or whatever, and she's right in the background, and it's like you can't have Crystalia in the background for this <laughs> shot. Not even just that, but like she she says like abusive douchebag, like yeah. Doesn't she say rapist? Yeah. 
And not only is she not just the background of that shot, but like she's almost the focus and she's the only one who reacts to it. She kind of does like a shoulder shrug, like, ah, yeah, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, like she's the reaction to it. Imagine Chris D'Elia actually was like, I don't know. I don't know if they added that because of that or if like D'Elia's character was supposed to also do that reaction. Like, ah, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, Why are you it abusing super women? Critical, so I'm glad that, that would have been. Oh. Yeah, lesser directors and producers would just be like, ah, fuck it, we're already done. We didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Better people like Deborah and Zack Snyder are like, nah, we'll pay for it. Fuck it. Take them out. Edit. Editors, take out all the scenes and put in Tignataro instead. Love it. Um, Yeah. Alex, you want to give your quick first thoughts and Jacob and me? So the Snyder comeback tour of 2021 continues. This is probably the most interesting year of his career because he released probably my favorite film that he's made. And now he's released my least favorite film that he's made of the ones I've seen. I have not seen Soccer Punch, which I hear is like by far his worst. So just take that into account. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed with this. I didn't think the marketing looked all too good. Um, he just had that gross digital look and it just didn't look all too interesting. But um you know, I was really surprised with the Snyder Cut, uh, which I also went in with low expectations. And so I had some hope. I'm like, you know what? He did a really good job with that. This one, he also has complete control over. So maybe it'll be a fun time. And for the first, I'll say the first act, the first hour, I was mostly on board with it. Um, obviously, the opening credits is the peak of the movie and kind of renders the rest of it just kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, why don't we just focus on that? Um, and I felt like the setup getting the gang together was pretty fun, but man, it just really, really dragged after. And I was getting bored um, going into the final hour and a half of this movie because this is way too long for what it is. Um, honestly, funnily enough, I thought the Snyder Cut at four hours went by a lot quicker than this one did. It's just really held back by its script. Uh, the characters are not interesting. And just as a whole, a lot of the creative choices were very... It just wasn't bold of a movie it just seemed like they're playing everything safe or anything that was potentially interesting was just kind of there and they don't do anything with it uh, because you know they have a prequel and a universe that they're going to build and so there was just nothing for me to really grasp onto uh good or bad and so it was just a really really uninteresting kind of bland dull movie which is like the last thing i would have expected to say about a zack snap because even at his worst they're at least really fascinating because he just always takes massive swings. And when they work, they're really good. And when they're bad, they're just catastrophic. But it's always interesting. Well, this was just blech. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, it's his least ambitious movie. But, like, it's it has, like, a really lazy script, I think, too, more than anything. It's Aliens. <laughs> but, I, yeah, no, it's Aliens and just, like, an Oceans movie. I had no clue like how close the aliens references there were though. Like there's like line for lines. It's it's pretty bad. Um, I thought though it was just I still walked away just having a really good time with it though, just because it was just so like Dawn, like excessively like nihilistic and bleak and like it was just I won't say nihilist completely, but it was just completely bleak and there were just really good action set pieces that kind of surprised me. Like I don't think they utilize vegas so much as a concept that well like if it really just could have been anything because considering they're in like a basement for 
like a large majority of the movie. But I liked all the zombie lore that they brought in. I just thought it kind of added like a, a fun angle to the whole thing. And like, I don't think it's a good movie or anything like that. But I just thought it was consistently like just an, a fascinating one where it's just messy. And I don't know. I think what kind of drew me to it the most was all like, like you were saying, Alex, like he takes like, usually takes big swings or like, you know, bad swings are catastrophic. But I thought like the camera work was like some catastrophic <laughs> swings in here. That yeah. was just, I was just so fascinated through the whole time where I was just like, wow, it's like he's trying to make like an art house zombie movie. And like some parts it's really not working here. <laughs> but then the other parts were like, I don't know. I was kind of liking that characters were written very thin, but their thinness, like, each time they were about to die, like they had such a like a crazy struggle for survival that just made me want to root for them in the like anyways. Like they just became the underdog in their own scenes. But I don't know, I think their disposability kinda added to the stakes and made it feel more grounded. Like I think there's some top notch makeup here, some great animatronics, like prosthetics and stuff like that. And all of it would have been kind of rendered useless if there weren't like just people dying left and right. And when I thought that kind of just made it a fun, exciting time. Yeah. I think it's kind of a crappy movie, but it's a really enjoyable one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like, um, it is a lot of fun. There's like, or the action is like really cool. Um, some of the kills are kind of creative or end up looking pretty cool. And there are some interesting concepts in here that, you know, kind of unique to the zombies subgenre, but everything that that all that stuff is like built around it's just so eh, like it was you're, you're taking uh you're placing your movie or like it's taking place in vegas obviously post like zombie outbreak vegas that's already stuck in like its own it's like quarantined area but there's like no sense of color it just looks so bland in my opinion like there's some like the casino scene where they're fighting everyone in the slot like casino like yeah, that it's like d desert along, yeah like, but everything is like yeah grounds. um the, like you said the camera work is what was it <laughs> he he always works with that one cinematographer what's his name the guy Larry who did Fong. like Larry Fong was it him in this one or was it... no no Snyder no no, no he did, Snyder he did, it himself. did it himself yeah yeah oh and... Ooh. yeah. Yeah, it's his first time ever doing it. He it's his phantom thread. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I wouldn't call it that, but <laughs> um all right. Uh but yeah, they That makes sense. I had I'm basically adding on to everyone else's points that they had. Like it's way too long. It doesn't need to be two and a half hours. Um, like ninety minutes, hour forty, you could have done the exact same thing in that amount of time. Um I just think there's just so much that he wanted to add into this that just doesn't necessarily make it work the way he expected yeah. it to um the characters you did not need an ensemble cast that big and i get it you're doing like a like a really deadly job slash heist and strength and numbers i guess but still it's and you could have done with like mostly though like but mostly without those like most of those characters um and the thing is is they try to throw an emotional attachment into this movie like a little bit of emotion between dave bautista's character and his daughter but i did not give a fuck about that relationship i cared more about dieter and vanderoe 
<laughs> as a parry. Yeah. So like also the like, bullshit love story between Dave Bautista and oh my god, oh, that was Maria that was brutal. Was I don't even care if that was supposed uh, to be. No, I didn't. I didn't care about that one. I just liked yeah how it ended. <laughs> yeah, just like oh. The thing my is, god. is like you get that idea, like a little hint when in their interactions, and even at the beginning, like oh, like they've been friends for a while, like maybe there's something more, but it's just like it it confirms that, but then like immediately ends it within like 15 seconds, and it's which like, I guess is why, kind of funny, why? but I don't know. I I didn't. If they were aiming for humor there, I don't think they went hammy enough with it. Like it it wasn't that. I'm funny. not gonna lie. Could, can we just say like spoiler alert? For yeah, that's yeah. Fine. From now on, you guys. I'm saying her with with her death. I laughed so hard. <laughs> like <laughs> I scream laughed. I I just not see it coming. <laughs> I did like that. There were scenes or stuff in this uh, movie that made me kind of laugh, or I thought were pretty funny. Like I really enjoyed the like when they get to the vault and they just. Uh, Vandero keeps going up the elevator to get different zombies, brings it down on a trolley, and just lets them walk. The movie, like the a, movie needed more of that because it doesn't really utilize the whole zombie heist premise too well. But that sequence is like, yeah, this is what the whole movie should have been stuff like this because it was really clever and fun. Also, did he use the chainsaw when they went the second time, nope. or did he just bring it and not use? He it? He literally <laughs> doesn't use it the whole movie. There's so much setup oh in this film God. that just never pays off. Like at the beginning. When they go into Vegas, there's all those, like, thousands of dried-up corpses, and they're, like, you know, a little bit of rain gets on them, and, like, they'll wake up for a few hours. And I'm like, oh, that's Alex. a setup probably at the end when they're going to Alex. Yeah. The, the prequel, prequel, buddy. The prequel. I know. And that's what I hate about modern franchise building. They have to hide everything for the sequels for later. Mortal Kombat does the same thing for another new movie, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, the rain was really annoying, and... One thing me and my girlfriend noticed, which we I later Googled and found out there was more too, was sometimes they shoot robots and their eyes would glow blue. Yeah, what was so that? I was like, what the fuck? Like, is it? I uh, yeah, I was like, is that a robot? Buddy. Yeah, no. So I Googled it, and that is completely what happened. They put robots in there, and I think the intention is like they're studying the zombies by putting like just robots in there, but there's no mention of it. And what about the time? And it's like the prequel. Why, why would you not no, put sequel? This in there? That's a and sequel. also, oh, that's a sequel. Another thing I read was the whole baby subplot. I don't know if you guys caught onto that. Was there was a baby? Oh no, never mind. Because yeah, they ripped yeah. it out. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I forgot that happened. But uh, I read into it. and Apparently, they were gonna have a subplot where like the zombies raped the women, and then they just took it out. So that's apparently canon. Oh, here's another thing. Like I, I know we're the talking about the shooting them in the blue thing. It happens to the alpha zombie too in the helicopter. That's like the biggest example of it, and I'm like, wait, really? Yeah, oh, like when he the, gets the last one. Mm-hmm. When he gets shot in the head, oh, that's shit. It's like a mix of red and blue. Really? With like the like so blood did... and blue, and I didn't realize it until I re-saw the clip. Uh, so then, how did the other guy get bit? That's the thing. Like, I don't know. That's so stupid. I think, yeah. I think I w- <laughs> the whole thing was he got. You... Oh my god. You would have thought he got bit in that fight. And what about the whole infinite time loop thing? Because that was really just brought up, Ugh. and you see all the corpse there, and they all like have the same clothes, and you're like, "Well, that's like yeah. a twist," and then there's just like nothing about it. It's just forgotten. Yeah, Wait, so is that actually like canon? I just thought that yeah. was like a metaphor or something. I think maybe, but it's just it's so haphazardly done, and like that's why a, a lot of that's why a lot of the creative choice in this, like even though Snyder supposedly got like carte 
Blanche on it. Like, it felt really restrained. And as if a lot of this movie was written more by like the Netflix algorithm, because there was so much stuff in here that doesn't set up anything except for like potentially down the line for the universe that Netflix wants to build. And that was another one of the things that really bothered me with this movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Like, I, I noticed the blue eye stuff, but I was very just confused. I didn't know that that was supposed to be robots necessarily. It reminded me of Batman vs Superman. How Batman has like an implied backstory that's just through like just a couple like shots and like some some like props and stuff like that. But you don't like unless you know and like read into it. It just it's not. It doesn't make anything. Yeah, it maybe anything. this is maybe even more random than the... that though. It is for sure, especially because there's no. Like, if you're a Batman fan and you see Robin's costume with the ha-ha-ha all over it, you you know yeah, you, you know what's happening yeah. if you're, like, a fan of the comics or the animated movies. And this one, this is it. It's just this. Only true army of the dead fans are going to get it. <laughs> Isn't, I, didn't I read before the movie something about there's also, like, they confirm aliens or something, or... Yeah, I did hear something like that. Yeah, there's that. apparently UFOs that fly off in the distance in one shot, but I didn't care enough to go back and look for it. I I I think that like Zack Snyder's zombie movies are particularly interesting because they're like more bleak than any zombie movie I've ever seen. Like the first ten minutes, children die in this movie. <laughs> like a mom is holding her daughter or her son or whatever, and like they get dropped uh, on by the... a crate. Yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, Zack! Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Well, you don't really but... care. Like, I know we were talking about how the father and son, like, relationship was pretty ill-developed, and I don't like entirely how she's, like, brought into the story. I think it doesn't even, like, doesn't really work. It's just so shoehorned in, where she warns, like, was it Gita? She warns Gita not to, like, come or whatever, and then, like, gets mad at everyone else for letting her in. Like, Gita like, is the like, worst pissed. mom of the year, bro. Worst mom <laughs> yeah, of the year. and it's year. like, bro, like, let... Except that Gita's just not a very good mother at this point. And she's like, yeah, we got to go in there. And I'm like, I don't know. I know, like, that's the right thing to do, but I just find it hard to believe that she really believes that, like, she has a chance here. Especially because they're going to be, like, evacuated within days of from that camp. And she's like, no, I got time. I'll go do it. It's like, fuck off. And then she also just dies at the end anyways. And we don't even get to see her dead, which is stupid. We should at least have seen the body. Yeah, like, that was really oh, it was frustrating. I think there's some of the worst editing here. Scenes go on too long. Like, fuck. The, the, <laughs> the tiger scene, man. Oh, that was so annoying. That's a revenant zombie tiger. Especially because, yeah, like, really. the tiger was, like, a cool idea. And they just like yeah. let it sit for so long, but by the point he finally was actually like entering the battlefield, it was like, oh fuck, I don't care anymore. Like, why did the tiger <laughs> kill like twelve of them? Even Tanaka's guy, he only exists just to like fuck up the plot and disrupt everything, and then he I just know. I will never dies away from everyone. Forget twenty twenty one, doing Hiroki Sonata, bad <laughs> Mortal Kombat, and now this, bro, come on now, wasted. I. I think, though, what interested me the most throughout the whole movie, like, I was going to say, even though that relationship is kind of, like, ill-developed, I think, like, the thematic weight and, like, the subtext with Snyder's own life made it just really, really fascinating. Like, we were saying how Justice League had a lot of, like, ties to his daughter and everything, and this is completely just, you know, a wish-fulfillment movie made by Zack where his daughter gets to live, you know? 
and it's very bleak in like the sense that like just there's brutalness everywhere but it's kind of more about like just the small bonds and little moments you have in between with people like the character development isn't very strong but there are a lot of characters that have these little bonds that are just really sincere and sweet and i don't know i kind of liked the messiness just because i feel like this movie is probably like cathartic for Zack snyder and that's what made it really fascinating to me I can certainly get it on that level. I just don't think it really lands um, as well as like the other one in terms of parental child themes. Um, and I think that's where the film is just kind of feels like two ideas at one. Like you have one hand is like the crazy zombie lore and all that stuff and like the fun ensemble. And then you have the more up close and personal, um, you know, human relationships amidst the chaos. And I think if they chose either one, it would have been pretty good. But trying to do both at once just kind of fail to develop or make use of either end of the spectrum, I guess. I think it's kind of interesting. I was going to say, it's like Zack Snyder's kind of taking a step back and going forward in a way. You know, calling from Dawn of the Dead, uh, kind of revisiting this, like, the subject matter one last time before he takes a step forward and does something new. I hope he doesn't direct the second movie. That'd suck. No. And go back on what I said, but... <laughs> I want to see his other original ideas. They sound a lot cooler. Um, I said this to Jacob, and this is kind of like a nitpicky thing. I mean, they're going to do it in the prequel, probably. Um, it's just... You have a, basically a zombie outbreak in Vegas. Obviously, I didn't know that it was kind of like a quarantine thing before watching it, because I didn't really look too deep into this movie before it released. So I, I thought it was like there was a zombie outbreak. Obviously, it's still outraged by zombies, but they're going. They don't live near there. They're like elsewhere, and then they get recruited to do this job. But it's like you're in Vegas, and there's so many cool things you could do. So many, like, I don't know, interesting ideas, ways to kill zombies, or really wild concepts. And then they just spend most of it in like vault hallways or kitchens or hallways of a casino <laughs> and it's just so disappointing because it's such a you i was like, thinking about oh, this too and i was like what would you guys think would like improve it because there's a lot of iconography but it's just in the background which made it like what's the point kind of thing i think if it was just like brought more front and center and like a lot of that first 10 minutes of those zombies that are all like dressed up in the costumes i think we should have seen a lot more of that like it would have been something like because you're right, it's like, it's almost gets to a point, it almost gets to a point where it's like, why did it have to be Vegas? Like, this basement is just any vault, you know? Yeah, even, like, when they go into the Olympus, like, I don't know that I've ever stayed at the Olympus or anything like that, but for the most part, it's just, like, all, the main area they use is all gutted, and it's just cement. Like, it looks, like, is that the pool, I guess, the main area they're in? Yeah, something like that, Yeah. yeah. And it like there's nothing recognizable there, and then only in one scene when you actually find the two, like women, that they've been looking for, or whatever. I don't even remember who the other one is, but is she anything? I think it's someone that went with. Yeah, her. whatever. Either way, when they find them, like it's obviously like a ritzy hotel room, but otherwise there's nothing recognizable in it, and they reference the Olympus like a hundred times in this movie. It's because the main character's name is Zeus, buddy. <laughs> And you know what? His queen is named Athena. So and they didn't even do a lot of like interesting like casino gambling scenes. Like there's only really they pass through one and nothing happens, and then there's the one big scene with that ends in a fiery explosion. 
there's a lot of cool things you could have done, like using your environment to your advantage, and they just didn't do it. They just used their guns, which I mean, I guess it's more real in that sense, because why would you rig up some like slot machine, like ticking time bomb or something like that, or use like, I don't know, some form of like a fucking roulette wheel to throw it at someone's head. I I'm also feel like, uh, I feel like yeah. a, the, the main floor casino would have been like the perfect typical like cool down spot in a heist movie or like an adventure film like this when they're like at their first blockade and they're just taking like, you know, one or two of the characters is solving the problem and the rest are just taking a break and like, you know, talking about their past or something. And they could have just been playing poker or like pretending to play roulette, like anything like that. It's the perfect like yeah. burn down area, and they didn't do any of yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help that right when they walked in, they were like immediately like just a crowd of zombies, which makes sense. Like they probably would be there, but also like yeah, there's just no like chance to explore the setting because they're just really quick. Like we need to go to the next place. It just fails to utilize its potential. I just want to say one more thing, but come on, like why weren't there zombies? playing the slot machines that would have been perfect like, that would have been i would have loved that that's what i expect i'm like you're, you're gonna see some zombies like because they're just like falling through the motions of their past life and then there was just nothing like, it doesn't even need to be pulling slots it just need to be sitting there or sitting back faced on like a poker table yeah exactly. I, would like, I know I, I would have actually loved it if you just saw a zombie win a jackpot and it just like <laughs> all the coins start like flying in its face and like landing on his lap they're, they're smart enough to do that or just have the line where they're like, it's instinct, you know? So I, I have a couple, like, I guess they're nitpicks, but they're also kind of big things. Um, so one of the scenes I hated more than anything else, and I just hate this as a staple in film, um, but it's the scene, the first main death outside of the quarantine officer, the, like, the woman that gets suspicious of the guy who's working for them. Is that she didn't yell? That guy's a fucking. Yeah, rat. Well, okay. Well, that's the end of it. But the whole that whole sequence of like following each other when they're like one following each other like twelve feet behind for some reason instead of just like going together all in a line. Also, I hate scenes in movies where they have to tell us that it's dark, but it's not dark at all. Like it's a very well lit scene, but they're like, "Oh, we can't see anything at all." So let's put these little glow sticks down so you can see what direction you're supposed to go. Like I, I think at first I was confused for a split second because I'm like, "Oh, they're not supposed to see anything right now. Like why can we?" <laughs> and I think it might be one of the all time worst well lit scenes that's supposed to be pure darkness because there's even a moment where like she, it's right before she finds her glow stick that's like thrown off course. And it's, you know, we can see everything. We can see the zombies on either side of her. We can see her face. And then in the background, there's just a ton of light coming in from somewhere. And I'm like, why do you also have extra light shining into this hallway? Like, as if it, it's supposed to be pitch black in this room to the point where they need fucking glow sticks to see what way they're going. And there's a bunch of light just shining through at the back of the hallway. Yeah, just the whole escalation of that scene. I think that's awful. But yeah, the fact that it ends with that... I, I thought she was goner. I thought she was dead after he blocked the door and, like, totally revealed himself to be an asshole. But the fact that she bursts through that window and gets to them all again and doesn't say a fucking... And she has so much time. Her death is so drawn out, and she doesn't yeah, that, say that one, anything. That one bugged me. It's very drawn out. <laughs> They're like, no, no, she's got, she's gone. It's like, I don't know. I really think she could use to get up and like run off, or even like, or someone could go. I would have even been more, more interested if she was about to say it 
and then the guy shot her in the face and the other guy could have been suspicious like why the fuck did you do that and he's like put her out of her misery you know like that would have just been a good way to do away with that but instead he just walks away slowly and she just says fucking nothing like (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say um I was going to say you're nitpicking about the lighting, but then the more you're talking, I watching the movie, I actually had no idea that it was supposed to be pitch black in that room. And I just thought they were dropping glow sticks just because they're bored, I guess. I don't know. I didn't pick up on that. So first I'm like, Ben, what the hell are you talking about? And then, oh, okay. Yeah. They fucked that up pretty bad. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. I missed that line about it being pitch black. That's pretty bad. And I want to see one thing since if we're going to nitpick something here, not that that's not a nitpick. That's, yeah, I get it. I think that's um, pretty. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, because um, then you mentioned that girl's death, and I think she's like the second person to go, right? Yeah, I think right before yeah. the security guard. Okay, or right after. Um, so I didn't realize this until I was watching this video, but it's pretty interesting. Is that all of them, all the people that died, all got picked off based on the amount of money they were getting paid for the job? So it went from the lowest to the highest. So it was like the security guard was getting twenty k, and I guess she was getting like the second least, and so on and so forth. But that makes me think of one thing. The easiest conflict you could have brought into an ensemble like this is the fact that none of them, except for three, are getting the same amount of money. That never gets brought up at yeah, all. Yeah, I was like, waiting ever. for that. Honestly, I'm kind of glad, though, because that is, like, totally overdone. Yeah, it's just... Uh, like, yeah. That's, like, a nitpick for me. It's just, like, there wasn't a moment where they're like, oh, I'm going to be rich... Like, oh, I'm getting a million bucks, and this person's like, oh, you're getting a million bucks? I'm only getting, like, 100K. And it's like, oh, you're getting yeah, that? I'm only getting about this. what they're doing with the money. You know, nothing like that. And it's then that could have easily made a conflict where they open the vault, they take the fucking money, and then they're like, I'm going my own way. Fuck you guys. Good luck. Yeah, I, I will and say, then... knowing that all that, like, all the big action happened right when they got the money, it's like, well, what, their plan was garbage anyway, because that's what would have happened if it went according to plan. Like, everyone would have seen $200 million, and they'd have been like, what the fuck? Why am I getting 500k? <laughs> like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's no way they're not just taking a couple extra million for themselves. Like, no one's, no one's putting 10 mil in their bag and then giving 9.5 of it away. I, I, this is going to be my last, because this is, I think, probably the biggest thing that held it back for me. Um, and we mentioned it briefly, but the visuals. So he shot this on modern digital cameras. And this is the first Zack Snyder film shot on digital. And it shows. <laughs> and he basically got this dream lens from like the 60s or 70s, uh, where it has a very shallow depth of field. And he had to create this custom rig to attach it to this modern camera. A lot of my complaints about the visuals actually don't have to do with that. Um, in fact, the shallow depth of field didn't bother me as much as I expected. Because um, I actually like the idea behind it, which I think was basically to make yeah. sure that the human element was constantly at the forefront. And so it doesn't get lost amidst the spectacle and the landscape of all the zombies and stuff. Um, and it's sort of like a way it sort of grounds the stakes and makes the stakes feel more real and resonate with the audience more. And I think to that extent, it does work. However, say so not not just that. Sorry, I was watching the behind the scenes, and they were saying too. A lot of it was like to add to like the confusion of the environment too. Oh, okay. Like not knowing what's behind you, it's like yeah, I could see that like working as well. Like there's a lot of times when it's like that. Definitely, 
like when they're sneaking by and i'm pretty sure they used like a lot of shallow depth of field there it's like yeah i could see that working really well there yeah it's just the problem is it's so overused it really should have only been used for character moments for intense moments and close-ups but when it's used for 80 percent of the movie like the whole thing just looks so cheap and shitty and snyder's films always look fantastic generally um but this was just so flatly lit and just cheap and gaudy looking and it was just ugly it was ugly to look at like both the switch from film to digital and the color grading um i don't necessarily mind the lack of colors in a snyder film because usually he has like that whole hieroscaric like lighting method and you have like the high saturation and the contrast but here everything was just so flat and soft and murky looking and it just didn't have his typical sort of like painterly tableau look that he usually does and so it was just really disappointing on that it's level. also funny that the the marketing is very like bright neon colors. Even the text at the you know the credits and the opening is bright pink neon, and yeah, there's just like no color to this film whatsoever. Yeah, it just it just doesn't fit the what this film's aesthetic should be, you know. But I don't know. Also, maybe he wasn't like it is like a it's a mix of a fun and also just kind of bleak. I'm not I'm not like so upset by the the settings but yeah there should be a bit more color at least in the camera work i hope his next film isn't netflix because i want to see him return to film again actually like shooting on film? film yeah because because netflix kind of like yeah. forces all their filmmakers to shoot on digital which sucks because digital will always like look worse um and snyder just works so well with film and yeah i, I just didn't know that he film. shot everything else on film yeah yeah no he always does film um yeah even when it's like heavily CGI. Yeah, I feel like that's why his movies always look like really good. Except maybe Don. I don't like how Don looks, but <laughs> it was his first movie. He can cut him some slack. Yeah, yeah. it's whatever there. To but... be, yeah, by the time he got to the second film, he kind of made his like by three hundred, he kind of established his style. So yeah, yeah. There, like, there's times too though where I'm like, I don't really understand what his intention was in the camera work just at all where it just seems like he just kind of just threw something in where it's like if the idea is like you know to focus on the human elements and you know add a confusion in the background like there's one scene where the zombie queen just is right in the camera and then like backs away and goes out of focus mm -hmm. and it's like what's the point like everyone's still watching her like <laughs> it's not like she disappeared or oh wait you just like reminded that. me of another quick nitpick actually that has to do with that same thing, which is the introduction of like this the zombie king. Just the idea yeah. that they... I was gonna say his. Sorry, go. Sorry, you go, you go first. I I have something too that I just remember. I was just gonna say that. his, so his introduction, like one, it it played out as if it was like a twist reveal, like a slow, like oncoming of a character who's like a reveal to be a bad guy or something. But like you know, it's just another zombie of some kind. There's nothing to this character, yeah, but it was like a solid what could it be? 90 seconds, and it was like this, the curtain blowing in the wind, and then it took so long to pull the curtain back, and then all you saw was a fucking blurry shadow, and then it cut to like... He should have had the mask on, at oh, least. It, but that it, would have it, like implied that there's more to him. I think him, there were a know? total like, of smart. three introductions for him, two of which were like blurry, and it took a solid like 90 seconds just to get him like into focus and then he's just another fucking zombie and i was like are you fucking kidding me like i don't care actually i will say the shot of him with the curtains in slow-mo and he's like coming in against the the backlight was one of like the only two or three shots in the entire film where i'm like oh yeah this is Zack snyder 
because it just like, it did that... instantly remind me of Man of Steel. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like he's that. in a, he's in a transition period. Yeah, and yeah, I just wish the rest had that like typical like grand scale and sort of mythical quality that he always brings to it, but it was lacking. Yeah. Um, what really bothered me was uh, oh, shit, it was about the king. Ah, oh, damn it! No, I no. <laughs> No, I kind of forget. <laughs> Is it about how he was a okay, chill okay. guy? He was kind of a chill guy. No, no, let me see. I have some right. Some oh, wait, you just reminded me of another issue with the king, actually. <laughs> Why in the fight when it's like, because, you know, he like tested the king and he figured the king would do a showdown with him. What's the, is it Dieter? Dieter's the German guy. He had a gun. <laughs> and... No, it was empty. There was, there was no bullets, right? Yeah, it was it? empty. Yeah. Okay. Because he, he still, shot yeah. and... Because I was saying the same thing. It still took him a I was pissed too. Like I was like, he took out the damn mask. Two minutes to try to attack him at all. And there were so many moments where he could have just, like, shoved a fucking... I don't know what, what weapon he had eventually, but, like, he had so much time to, you know? Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that he ran out of bullets, but I guess... Is that, like, a thing they showed before the king came on? Yeah, because he's shooting the king, and since he's wearing the helmet, like, it's blocking, like, all the shots just ping off, so. Uh, I just want to add in, I don't know how long the, like, infection time period is between you being human to being infected is, but I don't think it's, like, over 24 hours. Because <laughs> that guy at the end, Vandero, not being entirely infected by the end of the movie, but... Clearly, he's also probably bitten. highly but, ra radiated, is what I was thinking. Yeah, but that, Dave Batista turned into a zombie. <laughs> like, yeah, Dave Batista turned into a zombie in like one minute, so it was very inconsistent. Uh, yeah. No, but I thought he got scratched. Oh no, he did get bit. You're right. Never mind. He got <laughs> bit because he, but he was in the like how much time would yeah. have passed? Like at least I thought maybe a scratch, but yeah, you're right. It was a bite. So long. Okay, I remembered. I remember what yeah, I was gonna think about. Just there's a lot of yeah, like a lot of editing where it's like. You either didn't need to like go that long, <laughs> you didn't need to start there, or you could have just gotten rid of that entirely. And one of them was, I'd have to like go back and like check to see if this was no, because this wasn't even his introduction. But uh, they showed that Gita is alive, just like the vis the king just goes and visits her, and that was one of the scenes where I was like, did we need to see this like right now? Like why not just wait until like was it Katie until Katie sees her gets there like it just yeah, felt like that, that just felt off. like why are we cutting to this right now like there's no point in this right now this is useless like especially because we knew she was alive well yeah you, you probably figure like yes i i don't know actually i was it was such a bleak movie i was like there's a good chance i could get to the end and she just she's just dead you know i mean but she died anyway <laughs> that came after yeah it came afterwards <laughs> let's try to wrap this up in a little bit but what what are the positives that you guys had <laughs> Because I feel like we shit on this movie for the last 25 minutes. Uh, I don't know. I was saying, I do like that family dynamic. Because I think a lot of the movie is, like, the idea that, like, everything's going to go to hell. And there's nothing, like, it's all going to go to shit. And all you have is just the people around you. And that's kind of, like, what you need to hold on to. Yeah, try to salvage and what like, you got. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was kind of sweet, just given the subtext of Snyder's life. In this movie, I'm pretty sure, like, he, he made it after dawn of the dead like wrote a lot of it but rewrote a lot of it recently like when this was coming out or whatever so i really do feel like this is a movie where in order for him to go forward he felt like he had to visit the past one last time you know do this before he can kind of start something else so i think like thematically i i don't know 
a lot of it doesn't like pan out very well but I, I like the sentiment a lot that like it kind of made me a bit more forgiving of like the the really shitty aspects like i still think it's it's a sweet film it's a little personal it's touching mm -hmm. like this the ending the fact that the daughter was the one that made it out of this world everyone dies but in this world his daughter got to live like that's just really touching in itself mm -hmm. um i think my positives even though i've, sh I've shot all over this movie and i said it's like my least favorite spider film i don't think it's terrible by any means i think it's just thoroughly unremarkable and mediocre um, but in terms of good stuff, like the opening credits, fantastic. Um, I think some of the zombie lore is interesting, even if I don't think the execution was all too engaging. I thought Dave Batista did a really good job, uh, sort of like the stoic, you know, lead character. Um, and I thought the action scenes were quite good. I, I usually find that a lot of um, a lot of like gunplay in movies is usually just so sporadic and hard to follow. But I thought. Um, here it was it was easy to see what was going on. I thought it was well done, even if it was a little video gamey. Um, I was watching this with my dad, and like when they were like shooting all the zombies, and like every shot they do is just hitting them in the head like that. Um, yeah. My dad's like, "This is like watching you play a video game." So it, it was it was a little much in that Oof. regard. But um... humble brag, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of shots only for Alex. Yeah, because I'm so awesome. Yeah, those are really my positives. It started pretty strong. I think the premise is fantastic, and I thought the action was pretty good. Oh, and the gore was very good. I always hate CGI gore, and this is probably the first time I've seen it actually done well. So hats off for that. But Man, that, that tiger bite? Oh, that, that was, was awesome. Gnarly. And the zombie getting squished <laughs> between the doors. Um, oh, and I guess, yeah, I, guess, yeah, cool. I guess my other positive is... Um, when they approach the uh, safe, uh, Snyder plays the music from Excalibur to remind us for the hundredth millionth time that he really likes that movie. And that, that got a bit of a chuckle out of me, but... <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, like I said, like I said way earlier, the action and, like, gore and everything, like, as an action movie, pretty good. As a zombie movie, debatable. But I still, I still enjoyed, like, aspects of it. Um, did you need all the characters like, like I said before? No, you could have done with like half the cast that mattered. But there's still some like redeeming things about it. Like I did like the idea that these zombies are more advanced than than like the typical ones we're used to. It did kind of fall flat in some parts. I also don't really like the fact that there's just so much, so many subplots in this that it has to be justified or explained in like three other things are going to end up doing for this movie um but you know it's still it's still enjoyable and i feel like if i if like i, I could watch it with like a group of friends or something like for the first time it would, i would have had a lot of fun with it um i've also heard and this is just from a few reviews i've read um people said in theater specifically like the sound design and how it looks are a lot better in theaters than how it looks like if you watch it on Netflix, because I guess Netflix has a lot of compressing with their releases or something. I don't know. It's just the but streaming. In I general, heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I sucks. heard that that's a, a factor. So, I mean, I probably won't ever get the chance to see it in theaters unless a theater's cool and we'll do like a double feature when the whatever sequel comes out. I mean, um, are you going to see it in theaters then? 
If there was a double feature two for and a half hours, <laughs> so long. Yeah, I won't. Yo, I'm ho I'm hoping the sequel is not two and a half hours. If the sequel is two and a half hours, then you can count me out on. If it's feature. if it's Snyder directing, it will be. If it's not, maybe not. But, um, but yeah, there's still like some fun you can take away from this. It's just like I said, everything that fills in all the gaps on this is just not necessary. It just made it way too long. Uh, yeah, I like I like Dieter. So that was my favorite character. Of it. You excited like, for his I prequel thought, film? I could see. I thought it was like multiple. I think I was talking to Jacob before Ben watched it. I was talking to Jacob about this in the group chat, and um, we. Th I first at first I thought it was like multiple heist things he's been a part of, but it's only just one. So I think that can make an interesting story with him. Um, I also want to like say that I watched some interviews with the cast. I think it was like Netflix Ireland or something uploaded on YouTube. It's like a 15 minute whole thing. It was a bunch of interviews with all of them. And they all seemed like they had a lot of fun on set. They all love working with Snyder. Snyder seemed like he had a lot of fun doing this. And um, it's hard to like fully hate the idea when like, clearly it looks like they had fun. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I could see that. Like it didn't look like anybody in this movie had a sense that they didn't want to be there, you know? A lot, apparently, some a lot of the lines in there are just improvised from them. Uh, mostly Dieter's character improvised a lot of his lines, and I, I guess, uh, like one of the scenes Dave Bautista was saying, <laughs> "This guy is so funny, give him a movie." Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Die, like there's a scene, the scene where they're they approach Dieter the first time, um, to be like, "Oh, this is the safe. Can you crack it?" And then like Dave Bautista like tries to pull the map away, and he's like excuse me big hand like that scene apparently he just said randomly and then um dave bautista like he didn't even, he wasn't supposed to grab the map he's like this might be funny to like grab the map from him and that's when dieter or like matthias uh oh, i can't say his last name but yeah he said that line and apparently Zack snyder just pokes his head from behind the camera he's like what was that can we do that again <laughs> it's like oh my God. who gave you permission to say that <laughs> But yeah, I, I like I enjoyed the action. I love just how Zack Snyder just like puts anything in his movie because he thinks it's cool or funny. Like, <laughs> why is this zombie tiger in the movie besides just looking cool? Like, it's a good pop. Like, it's definitely a good like popcorn flick. I'd say like a yeah, exactly. like, If it was just a theatrical release and not Netflix, like streaming, like it'd be a great like summer blockbuster. Not great, but I mean, it's been. Like the reviews for from people I've seen, people I've talked to, are just kind of like middle of the line. Like, yeah, that's basically the same things we're saying. It's just action's great, characters and everything, story is just so. Well, also I learned that, um, never get roadhead in the middle of Nevada, or you might cause a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and I just want to pinpoint how un how ridiculous it is that, like. A, like a convertible from like the 80s managed to blow up an armored military truck yeah this movie's not great but it's so fun like i don't know maybe i'm just desensitized because we watched like godzilla vs kong so recently i feel like that's another movie that's like really lazy script but like god it was just such a blast <laughs> like if anyone told me like that was one of the worst movies i've ever seen i would easily just be like yeah like i'm not gonna fight you on that I don't find this one as like silly fun as that movie though. Yeah, I don't really get the, the appeal of this one as much. 
Yeah, I, th- I think. G- yeah, no, that one's more just fun, silly fun. I just mean this one's kind of like Godzilla definitely takes bigger swings for just like weird sci-fi like nonsense and like the lore, yeah, yeah. and, and that's what was missing from this one, for me at least, because like I, I didn't find this one all too fun. I was just kind of kind of bored to be honest uh, just because it wasn't like crazy enough and then the drama stuff wasn't good enough to keep me engaged on that level either so i think yeah it was just mainly the action and the brutality of it that kind of really just kept me in because i think it has some pretty good i know a lot of people are saying like the length is long and there's definitely like a bad length but i thought it had some decent pacing to be honest i, I thought it did up until a certain like, point. i thought the first yeah the first hour and a half i thought it, like blew right by like, I think I thought they were just gonna draw out the journey to the vault a lot more, and they got to the vault so quickly that I was like, "Oh, okay, like this actually, this isn't that bad for a two and a half hour movie." And then I think I paused it, and there was like fifty five minutes left, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I think the second half is definitely where it starts to fall apart. But the first half, I don't know, like them, you know, introducing the whole like apocalypse, everything, and like setting up the the actual, like, get-together of the team and everything. Like, I thought it was all pretty, like, I had a lot of, I don't know, a lot of good time spent there. Oh, Ben, you already fucking rated on Letterboxd, eh? I just opened Letterboxd and just saw that Ben gave it a rating. I wanted to not do it until we were doing the podcast, just so you guys didn't know, but... Yeah, sorry, I just stopped what I was saying there, but yeah, what the fuck, Ben? What? <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, whatever. Alex literally, Alex messaged me like 30 minutes before we recorded. And he's like, what did you think of ARMY? And I was like, no, I'm not going to tell you, but we're doing a podcast in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I got a cut. So, uh, let's get our yeah, let's, let's final up. thoughts, yeah. Oh, honestly? All right. Let's just do yeah. ratings. I think we did final thoughts just there. <laughs> we're 40 minutes over when yeah. Gabe was supposed to leave, so. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I gave it a 6 out of 10. It's messy, but a lot of fun. I gave it, as Jacob knows, yeah. a five. Alex? Uh, it gets a five for me as well. Uh, just, yeah, it, it's it's his least interesting film. And I get, I'm with Jacob. I gave it a six. Some redeeming. This is kind of funny. I, I feel like Ben and uh, Alex on Justice League episode were like more positive of that movie, and me and Gabe were like, ah, oh, this movie kind of sucks. No, I love the and zombie stuff. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Literally any zombie movie you release, I don't care. I'll give it a five regardless. <laughs> and then it's just everything on top of that just adds to it. Yeah, this is like a guilty pleasure for me, for sure. Yeah, I can't believe you. So you wait. So did you guys like this better than Justice League? Yes. No, no. I cha- I was gonna say it too. I changed my rating for Justice League. I I definitely respect and appreciate Justice League more than I this, said but... on record that I just uh, like I I same thing. Like I know everything i went through and i appreciate the movie for what it is i just don't really care for dc <laughs> and all that like so. the dceu or dc in general dc universe okay yeah um all right so those are our reviews for Zack snyder's dawn of the dead as well as his new release army of the dead um so next episode will be probably our season two startup. So Alex, what movie will we be doing? So the first movie of the next episode will be Conjuring. The devil made me do it. All right. All right. And Jacob as our um, inaugural kickoff of throwback. Yeah. So movie? throwback movie. I thought we started our podcast with a Spike Lee movie. And I've been saying that I wanted to watch more Spike Lee movies and I just Perfect. haven't done it. 
but I'm going to actually go back to one that I've seen before, but I would really like to talk about. It's a 25th Hour, starring Edward Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Brian Cox is in it, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it, so I'm Very... I haven't seen it either. Cool. I've seen it once when I was younger, and I remember like loving it. But it's been yeah, it's been a while, so I'd be down to yeah. check it out again. Good choice. All right, so next episode. Episode one of season two will be Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, as well as, tw- oh, sorry, Spike Lee's 25th. 25th hour. Sorry. Yeah. Um, other than that. Oh, it's written by David Ray- Benioff. Alex loves him. <laughs> well, he did write X Men Origins Wolverine, which is a fantastic film. So. True, 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 true. Oh. <laughs> so you guys don't know, I know you haven't watched the show. He's one of the main showrunners from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was just about to mention that. <laughs> Cinematography, though, the guy did a uh, Wolf of Wall Street and Irishman in Silence. A lot of Scorsese films, actually. Yeah. I, I, I really got to. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I got to wrap, wrap this shit up. All right. All right. Oh, brother. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> got to go. We got to go. Um, so thanks for listening. Done the Great Lakes podcast. Uh, you can find Ben, Alex, Jacob, and I on Letterboxd. At, it'll be in the description. You can also follow us on Twitter at UTGLpod. Um, and yeah, other than that, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Adios. Bye. Farewell. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs>